In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. Today I'm talking with Chris Huskins of Fanfield Farm. Um, hello Chris. Hi, how are you? Good, yeah. Um, there are three things I want to talk to you about. Uh, the first is becoming a tenant smallholder with the Ecological Land Co-op. Yeah. And uh, the second is uh, your plans for, the, for your smallholding. And the third thing is that you've become a member of the Open Credit Network. And yes. you've, you've traded in mutual credit. And I'd just mm -hmm. like to get your feedback, you know, what you thought of the experience and how we might help you to trade more in mutual credit. Yes. Um, first, uh, the Ecological Land Co-op. So they liked your application then. <laughs> they did. They did. It took a long time, and 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 I asked them not to print our application because it would have it was it was a lot of pages, and it would have been too many trees to cut down to print it. Um, but uh, we wouldn't be here without without them and without them liking our application. Yeah, it's uh, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? The ELC. I used to I used to be on the board. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I left as Chris Smage joined. Ah, yes. Uh, were were you alone? So so you so just to explain to people, you're the you're, you're one of a cluster of three small holdings in Sussex. Near, yeah, uh, in East Sussex, in Arlington, a little village called Arlington, which is sort of near Hailsham and Eastbourne, and, and near to Brighton, most people would know. Um, and there there will be three of us here. There's currently two, um, and a third family going through the process that that we've successfully gone through already for the third plot on this piece of land. So we have three point seven acres. Um, our, our lovely neighbours, Sinead and Adam, have uh, just about four and a half, and then there's an eight and a half acre plot as well. Um, all sort of split up in a way that everyone can work together. Were, uh, were you a local? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm originally from Southampton and, and lived all sort of all over Hampshire. So it was a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a move, not too far. It's still about two hours yeah, um, not away. Not enough, not not massive. Um, if family come and visit, it's a four-hour round trip, so we're we're quickly hoping the summer comes around and people enjoy staying a bit more. So, so what relevant experience did you have? So we we spent a couple of years um, doing what the Americans call urban farming, uh -huh. um, and and that was purely out of necessity. So we we turned our, both our, our back garden and our front garden into um, to. To what I call farming plots, if you like, we hired another guy's large front garden, um, and we took on um, several allotments, um, as many allotments as we could get our hands on, and um, to really sort of practice what we wanted to preach. Everything we did with those, we then set up on something that we could scale up. So we used the raised bed um, system that has been brought to fame quite a lot recently. Um, and so when we were on those smaller plots, we did the same width of, of the beds, but we did them 25 foot, whereas here we're doing them 100 foot. So we always knew that we could sort of scale it up um, with the same techniques. Um, and we did that for a couple of years and all of our produce we took. We didn't um, run a veg box scheme, which is what we want to do here. We were just um, solely taking them to markets around the local area in Southampton. Um, which was great because you get direct feedback and you can see how passionate people are about about um, buying local food and that sort of sort of cemented us wanting wanting to do it on a bigger scale. Hey, so you're going to have a a, veg, a little veg box scheme? 
Yes, yes. Yeah. So we're, we're registered as a community supported agriculture project um, and we will be part, as part of that running a local veg box scheme. Um, we still want to want to get to the market because again, we just really enjoy that side of it. Um, and, and also looking at locally sourced sort of restaurants and, and, and some small shops in Brighton as well. But um, the main thing for me is, is that uh, that local veg box scheme that the mission is to feed 200 families a week. In, uh, in and around Arlington? Yes, yeah, absolutely. In and around Arlington, um, yeah, really local. And, and the, I mean, Arlington's a small, a small place compared to most. Um, but we are only twenty minutes from Eastbourne, um, about half an hour from Brighton. We're speaking to uh, Zed, a company in Brighton, who deliver around that area using just electric bikes and electric vans. So that would allow us to sort of drop off to one place, and then they can they can do the rest with as ecologically as, as possible so um yeah start 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 close by but hopefully expand out as well and what, what kind of things are you going to grow and what kind of things are going to be in the boxes yeah, so it'll be, um, we're lucky enough that the, the ELC applied for the organic status a few years ago. So we were signed off organic this year. Um, we will get another inspection, but I'm just not thinking about that just yet. So it will be organic very soon and, and it will be organic uh, vegetables. Um, so we're going to start with all the basics, um, especially as, as the summer hits, so tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, lettuce. Um, we, we really like a, 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 a Dutch strand of lettuce called Salanova, which is really really well liked and it was at the markets um but then also some variety in there some color i mean rainbow charge makes a block a box look absolutely stunning um there'll be potatoes and onions which are just sort of staple um and and just go from there really and then ask the i think a big thing of, of, of what's been successful in other businesses we've run is asking the customers what they want rather than just growing what we want and are you are you buying the lease on your plot or are you renting so we're on a rent to buy scheme. So uh, over 25 years, we'll pay what kind of looks like when you look at it on paper, a mortgage. Um, and after 25 years, we'll have a leasehold, which is a 150 year leasehold. And um, that's how the ELC set up. And they'll hold the freehold on the whole piece of land. Um, and we'll have a 150 year lease on the leasehold. Well, so it's, it's a little bit complex, but it makes sense. So it'll be yours for life unless there's some miracle in medical science. Before then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure, I'm sure it'll outlive me. So, and you said you have three point seven acres, is that right? Yes, yeah, um, including the the sort of so split up into the farm and the development zone. So I think it's three point four for the farm, um, and a little bit for for the development zone, which is is where I'm sat now. And do you think you can make a living from that? Yeah, absolutely. So, we're, we're, as I said before, we're going on the um, the the raised bed system the sort of uh, bio-intensive farming model um keeping everything to sort of hand tools or or very low mechanized sort of level but using those raised beds and, and improving the soil over time so that we can in, uh, sort of grow more and more in a smaller space rather than the conventional farming model of, of needing large amounts because it's it's mechanized so yeah, in short, I think we can, um, and and I think most people would be surprised at the figures you sort of look at when you when you're only looking at a couple of acres. Yeah, I mean, what what sort of advice would you give to others who are having a, a similar idea? Because I think lots of people would lo would love the idea of of, of having a little small holding. I think that's mm. a dream for lots of people. Um, yeah, difficult, isn't it? 
<laughs> it's very difficult, um, especially when you look at it. So what, what is set up here and what the ELC set up is um, what is, is the closest thing to look at is agricultural business tenancies. So I couldn't sit here and uh, get my planning permission in a few years time and then say, right, I'm done with with growing this as a business now. I'm just going to keep a couple of goats and a couple of cows and be self-sustainable. That That's not what this model is about. Um, so that, that frightens a few people off. This is, and it has to be a business. It always has to be a business. Um, so if you're looking at either an agricultural business tenancy with anyone else, or if you're looking to apply with ELC, it has to be a business side to what you want to do. And so that would be my main sort of um, bit of advice, really. Go and start doing that now. It doesn't take much to, to turn your garden into a few beds and then take it to market. It gives you a bit of experience of not only growing or the idea of growing, but taking it out and seeing what people want and selling. Um, big, big companies outside of farming always test their products with customers before they go into a business or invest into a business. Um, and it baffles me why we don't do that as, as farmers more often. We need to spend a bit more time, yeah, taking those products out to the customers before we go and spend, uh, realistically, the large amounts that it does cost to buy a piece of land. It's about... Um it's about getting your hand on some on on some land, though, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not not the easy bit, um, but that's why it, the ecological land cooperative exists. They're, they're there to try and help people um, like myself. I I wouldn't be on this piece of land without them. I wouldn't. I did not have the funds to buy a piece of land outright, and um, right. I certainly didn't have the the know how or the technical capability or the funds to to get through the planning stages of being able to live on that bit of land, which I think makes a massive difference for us. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame there aren't a thousand ecological land co-ops around the country <laughs> yeah. I, I hope there is in in a few years time i think the staff that are there at the moment would be frightened if there were that many because they're all they're all very busy anyway but um yeah. i hope it does continue to continue to grow this kind of idea could spread yes um, to, to get hands in you know get land into the hands of, of of really competent smallholders it would be a great thing yeah, and that, that's what I, I really like, um, and that's why we call ourselves a farm. I think smallholding is a great word, um, but I think I would love to break break down the, the the sort of thought process that farm means that you've got a huge amount of acres yeah. and two tractors and a plow and, and those sorts of things. So I'd love for us, yeah, it, it, it's, it's incredibly close to my heart because there are certain government campaigns that say they're for farmers, and that means we went to look at, at one of the ones they, they sort of raised about planting trees and we didn't apply because we don't have 10 acres. Well, 10 acres is, is a lot of land and there are a huge amount of, of young smallholders or young farmers who have less than that, but should yeah. still be considered. So um, it's, it's, if there were more people giving smaller parcels of land and, and making it successful, then, then maybe we would be considered farms as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, you can be a 3.7 acre farm and, you know, farming doesn't have to be thousands of acres with aerial spraying. Um, no, it, it, and it's funny because I, I come from a dairy farming background, my great aunt, and the name of the farm actually comes from um, a, a thousand acre farm, in, a um, dairy farm in, in Worksop near Sheffield. Um, which unfortunately is, has been sold off and is now apartments. So that's why I took the name and <laughs> carried on the memory, if you like. But that that was a huge, huge farm. Yet the the profits were were minuscule, and I'm sure a lot of dairy farmers in the UK will will be feeling the stress of of the the sort of cost uh, of the profit that they can make on, on milk now. Um, 
And it's amazing when you compare that to the amount of acreage they had compared to the small amount of acres here and the numbers we're, we're well, we're hoping to achieve. <laughs> Ask me in a year if we're achieving this. I think the um, farm subsidies don't kick in, do they, until you've got a, a, around 10 acres? No, exactly. Exactly. It's almost like we've forgotten about, which is a real shame. Is, is there any possibility that that might change now we're, we're going to be out of the EU? Oh, that's a good question. It may well do. Um, but I don't think there are enough. Well, there, there are a lot of small holdings and small farmers with less than 10 acres. Um, but I'm hoping that projects like this hopefully get the word out a little bit more and, and um, get them a little bit more mainstream and therefore would shout enough that, that the government might lower that. I don't know if it's been the, the European Union rules that have, have stated that or if that will change. I don't know. The, um, yeah, I think sort of small farms are... Small farms are universally popular, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the model, the model, well, it's been proven across the world, so hopefully it'll, we can prove it here in the UK as, as strongly. Yeah, I don't think there are many people who would say they, uh, they don't like small farms. No, I hope not. It's been very well received locally here, which is, which is nice. And um, what about your house? What, what are your plans for that? Uh, yeah, so the, the way that this works is that we've got to prove within four years that this is a successful um, agricultural business. Um, and the lines for that are a little bit blurred, but the way we read it is it's different from, for each sort of planning and department in a council. But the way we're reading it is that within four years, one of the years or the final year, you need to have made the minimum wage for one person full time from the land in order to prove it's a successful business then you'll be able to build a proper house. Until that point, you have to be um, in what they call temporary accommodation, um, which um, falls within the Caravans Act of a certain year, I can't remember now, um, which, which sounds terrible, but it's really not, because I mean, we're now living in a static caravan, which we um, completely ripped out. We've turned it from the inside. Um, you couldn't tell it, it's a caravan, if you like. Um, it's sort of 35 foot long, 12 foot wide. It's, it's as big as a sort of two bed apartment really when you do, t I mean this was three bedrooms, we've made it into a one bed and, and it's really lovely and comfortable and we're going to clad the outside in the summer so it'll be like a nice wood cabin um, and, and it's certainly considered off grid but you sit in here with the fire on it certainly doesn't feel like it. <laughs> okay, so and, and um and if you're successful, what, what are your plans? What kind of a house would you like to build? Um, well, you mentioned Chris Mage earlier, um, who is on the board of the LC. I went, we went to uh, volunteer at his farm, Vallis Veg in, in Froome, um, uh, for a week in the summer. And they've just had their sort of ecological house built, which is a gorgeous big, uh, not sort of the perfect size wooden house. Um, and it's absolutely stunning with sort of heating solar across the top. Um, and that that's the ideal, really, that sort of thing. Um, there are sort of ties in with the LC that um, they try to protect land from being, they want it to be affordable for farmers, not just us, but if, if we ever want to move off, they want it to be affordable for the next lot. So there's certain brackets in which what you can build. So I couldn't build a, a two million pound mansion here. Um, and I certainly couldn't afford to anyway, but it has to be sort of certain dimensions. It has to be built ecologically. 
um, and there's certain sort of height requirements and there's a certain amount that we can spend building it. So we knew that going in and it aligned with our values. So that's fantastic. Um, and that's kind of where we sit. We want to build a nice wooden ecological house. Okay. So you don't see that as a restriction. You, you, you are fully on board with that. No, I'm completely on board with it. I think that we, <laughs> everyone says, well, don't you want a big house? I said, no, I've got, I've got acres of farm. So if I get, if we have an argument, Emily and I, then I'll just go up there. And, <laughs> um, or, or, and, and the thing is as well, is that we don't need to have all of our, we, we add in these rooms. So we add in um, a, a study and then a separate this and a separate that. And we before we know it, we've got a four bedroom house and there's sort of three of us or four of us living in it. And it doesn't necessarily need to be. And I think when you're in, in a farming environment, well, I will add my, my study onto my tool shed, for example. So farms really don't need to have these big elaborate farmhouses. And I think that's where the planning falls down on a lot of people looking to live on their farms. Because when you picture a farmhouse, you picture that, big elaborate old stone house that's that's plenty big enough for, for two people and more overly huge for two people and i think that's where people struggle a little bit um when they're primed for that planning so no i don't see that as a restriction um it the elc were open about that from the off so it was never a surprise and and we aligned mm -hmm. like i say with the values of that i guess the size of farmhouses is a barrier it, it just makes the it makes the farm too expensive doesn't it for young farmers and um and yeah. then and if you just buy some land without the farmhouse you're not allowed to build a house so you're stuck completely <laughs> yeah absolutely unless again like you say you do have that sort of conversation up front and and you work towards temporary and improving an agricultural business which i think is opening up more with, with planning um departments in councils now because some councils are seeing the importance of, of smaller more local farms i think we'll see that increase as well um but if you go into this hoping that the farm is an excuse to build a big house, then it's completely the wrong reasons for doing it. Yeah, yeah. Will you um, will you build a house yourself? I really want to. <laughs> we, our neighbours keep mentioning that uh, Emily and I, my wife, we, we do everything ourselves and, and we should ask for help more. Um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really sort of keen to give things a go. Um, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I really want to now, but what I'm discovering, I mean, we built a track up to the, up to the caravan so that we could have it delivered and like almost a driveway. And the first time around we got the caravan on, but it sort of disintegrated a bit and we've just finished it. The second phase, if you like, of it this time around. Now I'm saying, okay, we've done that. If I need anything else like that doing, maybe I will get someone in, <laughs> um, hopefully learning from my mistakes, but I would, I would love to give it a go and, and, and self build. And I really, sort of am envious of people who have, have built their own houses. And what kind of a house do you think you'll build? What, um, what flavor of, uh, of, uh, of walls and uh, roof, you know, <laughs> what, what kind of a house? Um, well, I, I'd really love timber frame. Um, I actually, I actually uh, trained for two years as a civil engineer under a UK house builder. Um, and they, um, I left when they merged. It was two very large house builders merged. And I've always said, as much as I enjoyed my time there, every house they built was almost a, a, con, a control C, control V, copy and paste of the last one. And we were building house, housing sites of 120 houses, for example, and you couldn't tell the difference between any house. So um, I sort of fell in love at that point with the idea of the hoof house, the German flat packed house. 
um, and that sort of has the, the two sides and then the, the roof that sort of sits with the gap in between and the very big glass fronts. Now I'm a little bit more uh, ecologically minded, I think. Um, and so I love the idea of timber frame and, and I really like outside timber cladded houses. Um, but um, the, 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 the idea of having nice open glass areas and, and, and sort of a nice wooden roof that, that's pitched at the right pitch for solar and that sort of thing is will come into play and hopefully it'll, it'll look nice. <laughs> I think I will need help from an architect to design it though. <laughs>